please visit Reef Addicts today for a very important announcement. Welcome to the Reef Addicts Central Podcast. My name is Ryan. We'd like to thank Reef Central for their involvement in the recent acquisition of Reef Addicts, who are now our parent company. This podcast will provide an audio version of Reef Central. Here are today's posts. ReefCentral.com Forums New to the hobby. First thread. Cover for aquarium. I lost my first fish today, not because of bad water or anything, but because it jumped out and died while I was at work. A clownfish, even. Nothing should have been startling it because it and another clownfish are the only things in the tank. I don't want to cover my tank and wasn't planning on getting fish that are known to jump, but now I'm second-guessing. Are there any good solutions, fairly simple as I don't want other fish... I have to do the same thing. That prevents accidental jumps on the floor? Maybe something I can pick up from Home Depot or Lowe's? Perched Urshan replies. Egg crate. Not the most beautiful addition to a tank, but cheap and about the most effective solution according to and everyone on this site. Buy it at Home Depot or Lowe's, someplace around the fluorescent lighting area or in building products. For some reason, my local Lowe's has it with drywall, etc. Slosh T replies. Plus one for egg crate. It's called lighting diffuser, and for whatever reason, my Lowe's has it in the roofing section. Jay Pruitt replies, plus one for egg crate. Second thread. Importance of GFI by Zach J. I'm in the process of upgrading my 20-gallon tank to a larger system. I've never had a GFCI, but I've heard how important they are. I want to start out the system the right way, and the most importantly, the safe way. I know these have to do with electricity, and I think turning off the system if there were is water damage to the trip the circuit. Can anyone explain it in more detail? Also, where can I get one and how many do I need? I've seen one plug, three plug, etc. at Marine Depot, and I was wondering how many I need. Can I plug all of the plugs I have into a surge protector, which is what I normally do now, and simply plug into the GCFI, which goes into the outlet? Thanks in advance. Return of Sid replies. Ground fault circuit interrupt. The interrupt electrical circuit of any ground fault is interrupted. Typically, the GFCI is a type of outlet with a test and reset button on them. You probably see these in your bathroom and kitchen. If there is a GFCI outlet anywhere on the circuit that your tank is plugged into, you're already protected. If not, it's inexpensive and easy to replace a normal outlet with a GFCI. Just make sure to turn off the circuit breaker to that particular circuit before doing any electrical work. The Grun replies... The device measuring output and incoming current when there is a fault to ground, like when sticking your hand in the tank or an electrical current passes through your body to the floor, it turns off the power in milliseconds, preventing you from being electrocuted. A nice device to have when you consider the possible alternative. Ilas Hun replies, The key to a GFCI is the ground. I have seen a GFCI that plugs into a normal outlet. The problem with these, as well as GFCI outlets installed by someone who is not fairly educated in electricity, and the proper wiring is if there is not a good ground, they will not function as designed. Also, if you try to run a plug-in style on a circuit already protected by GFCI somewhere else in the line, you can get nuisance trips. I feel that GFCI is the must-have for any size system, and it should be carefully selected and installed so as not to cause more problems than it solves or give anyone a false sense of security. Zach J. replies, So the only way I could successfully install one would be to either read up loads of information to protect what you're describing or have someone that is electrically inclined to do so. I can't simply buy this and plug it into the wall and plug my plugs into it. And then he provides a link to something he found on Marine Depot. The Grun replies, There are plug-in types available provided you have a grounded outlet. New to Salt 09 replies, There is nothing to installing a GFI GFI outlet. Get a cheap tester to make sure the power is off. You can also install a GFI breaker in your breaker panel. Mike31154 replies, Certainly if you plug in a device like this, but for half price and a little patience, you can replace the receptacle in the wall. The instructions are straightforward, but if you're really not confident in doing so, hire an electrician. The other advantage of installing a wall outlet is that any load such as other receptacles downstream of the one installed is also protected. Some of the plug-in devices do not reset automatically after a power outage. Most of the wall receptacles do. Finally, it's a good idea to split your aquarium system load between two of these devices so a trip GFCI, when you're not around, won't shut down your entire system. Next thread. Big Ben 14 writes, 
BRS Reef Saver Rock. He provides a link to Bulk Reef Supply. Anyone have any experience with this base rock? I really like the pictures they show, but wanted to see what some old timers thought. I just bought 50 pounds of them, and so far I'm very impressed. The porosity and permeability of this rock seems amazing. I really got a lot of nice pieces. I'm seeding them in my sump right now. Namnuta says, Shipping was great as I'm in Canada. They take care of brokerage for use, no hidden charges, and I've never seen so such great care in how it was packaged with very minimal rubble break-off. Floydy83 replies, A friend of mine has this and it looks nice. Big Ben 14 replies, Might either, either of you have pictures of your tank? Just kind of want to see what it looks like. Big Ben 14 replies, Might either of you have pictures of your tank? Just kind of want to see what it looks like done. Rezac TP replies, Just bought 50 pounds of Fiji. I can't wait for it to get delivered. Also looking to get some of the shelf rock, but it is always out of stock. Cory Aquarium 101 replies, I got about 100 pounds of the dry rock from BRS and really like it. Stacks easy and looks sweet. A lot of dent stuff inside it, though. Rinsed it about three times in brute trash cans with water, power heads and saltwater mix. Perched Urchin replies, I was just about to pull the trigger on this because of their free shipping right now, but everything was out of stock. I really like the looks of it, and I have seen many positive comments and really cool aquascapes done with it in threads here. Does anyone know how long in general it will take to get enough coralline on it that it won't look like seeded dry rock any longer? I have no experience with seeding dry rock. Next thread. Cryptic4L says, Help! Urgent fish jumped. Fish just jumped out of my tank onto my dog. My dog did not harm him. I put him back in the tank within 10 seconds. Now he looks almost dead and bent in the middle two minutes later and seems to be excreting something. The cause of him to jump was me sticking my hands in the tank. It's a Solaris Ras. Chief Surfer replies, Not much you can do now. He may make it, he may not. He may be paralyzed a bit from the oxygen loss, but like I said, not much more you can do. Maybe turn lights out for him to calm down. Next thread. Cory Aquarium 101 writes, Help with return hoses. I have a clear hose for the return line and it always gets dirty pretty fast because the sump light shines on it. What is the best hose to use? I heard black is not good because you can't see inside. Also, are there any easier hoses where you don't have to use barbed fittings? They are a star, 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 star to get the hose off. Shane Hoffman replies, Honestly, I would do what I do. That's what I do. I use clear three-quarter inch vinyl tubing in those barbed fittings. Every year, or sometimes at the seven to eight month mark, I shut my system down and replace the tubing. I do this at the same time I do a bunch of other yearly items on my list so it's not a big deal. Since you're replacing the tubing, you can just cut off at the hose barbed fittings. It's way easier to cut the real tight fitting tubing than it is to pull it off. Next thread. Just is at home C writes, 55 gallon rebuild finally running. Finally got my tank filled and running yesterday. I'm running a quiet one 4000 return pump, Corellia 750 powerhead, SWC Extreme 200 skimmer, Aquatic Life 4x54 216 watt T5 high output with four LEDs, 20 gallon sump, and 37 pounds of live rock. May add some more later. Now to sit and wait for it to cycle. I'll post parameters once I take them. And he posted four pictures. The pictures are very nice. The B. Kramer replies with a dancing smiley and a smiley with balloons. Next thread. Mega TC writes, Open water for setup, 115-gallon tank, help please. He asks, my friend is getting a used 115-gallon saltwater tank. She has access to water that feeds from the ocean to the local Dolphin Marine Land tank here in Florida. Will this be safe for her to set up a tank initially? It is currently a saltwater tank using local canal water for saltwater captive fish. She will be wanting a reef tank. No replies. Next thread. CF Genesis asks about trimming Cheeto. I saw someone in another thread recommend periodically trimming Cheeto in a fuge tank to prevent it from releasing nitrates back into the water. Do I only need to trim de dead Cheeto? 
If it all looks green and healthy, do I need to bother with trimming? How much is reasonable to have in your fuge? Nature Boy replies, I have the exact same question. If we have, let's say, 100-gallon reef systems, our tanks sound similar. How much Cheeto? Like the size of a grapefruit? Pineapple? Watermelon? Fizz71 replies, I've heard about trimming race mosa if it gets too much because it could grow asexual on you, but I've never heard anything about having to trim Cheeto. You do need to trim it to keep the size manageable for your fuge, but do not fear of a nitrate release. I'd like to hear otherwise if I'm not correct. I've yet to remove any Cheeto from my system in six months because I have so much room for it to grow and it started so small and my nitrates production is low. I've always, it's always been my impression that when I trim Cheeto, it is to feel the flow through it drops to the point where it's not doing as much work for you as it can. Steve K480 replies, I let my Cheeto keep growing and after three weeks it has grown a bunch and then started dying and released nitrates back into the water, leading to a minor algae bloom. I trimmed it back by half, and then it started growing again. I plan to prune it in the future every three weeks or so before it starts dying off. I'd say when you need to trim it is pretty dependent on your individual situation, though. If it just keeps growing, I'd let it get larger. JeepGuy242 replies, I've never in nine years trimmed mine. If it starts dying, then there is probably something else going on with your water. I do however pull hunks out when it gets too big and take it to the LFS for store credit to buy fish or food or give it away. That's about once every two months. Nature Boy replies, so a good rule of thumb is to maintain it at a size that it is constantly growing, depending on the nutrients available in your system. Actually a bit smaller than when it quits growing. Thanks guys, I'll remove half of mine tonight. It's about the size of a small basketball and has stopped growing. Lord of the Reef replies, you do not want to let it get to the point where it dies. In my opinion, that is too far, and you're already getting nutrient release. I just rip out handfuls when my fuge area starts filling up. In my experience, the larger it is, the faster it grows. A small softball-sized clump has easily developed into bowling ball size for me in a month. This is about this is what kind of annoys me about people trying to sell the stuff. Many reefers regularly toss the stuff out by the handful. The grun replies, when it starts to get dense about once a month or so, I give half of it away to local reefers. No special trimming is required. Just pull it apart and spread out the remaining Cheeto so it has room to grow. In essence, me giving away the Cheeto is my nutrient export. Hook Nose 5 replies, I have a 95-gallon reef with a 10-gallon fuge. I heard the same thing that if you don't take some out, it could be detrimental to your system. It's actually the opposite. My nitrates were at zero and everything was going great till I took some out of my fuge. My nitrates shot up like crazy and almost lost everything. I had to do multiple massive water changes and added some Cheeto back in like a cup or two, and it's been a year and I haven't touched anything and everything has been great. Hooknose5 replies to that exact post, When I say take some out, I mean three quarters of it, and since my system got back to normal, I trim it only a little at a time. Kimber45 replies, Bingo, that has worked great for me. Beguile has replied, So what does Cheeto look like when it starts dying? I recently trimmed some and it looks nice and green to me. The older ball is so much darker green than the new strands. Steve K480 replies, it gets lighter and turns almost white clear when it's dead. MGD Mirage replies, it's really hard to kill to be honest. I left some in a tote with barely any light at all and came back four months later and it tripled in size. The only light was ambient light. I'd occasionally drop in some flake food for pods on the live rock I had sitting in there. I don't trim mine either and I just take some out when it gets way too big. Next thread. Tropics asks, what does Zinnia thrive from? My aquarium is newly set up eight months now and just have been doing daily water changes. LOL. I do very long cycles for the first six to eight months. I enjoy cleaner crew buildup stage. I added my first coral zinnia. I have also these products by Kent Marine I bought when I had my last reef set up. Always the question is which one will aid with the zinnia. Tectra M magnesium, strontium or molybdenum, iodine, essential elements, iron. Lighting, 455-watt power compacts, 150-watt PFO HQI, thanks. Tropics replied to his own post, Just dosed with iodine, should that be enough? I have nothing else in the system except for live, star, live rock and a couple of sea stars and gobies. Going to the next forum, Reef Discussion. Donkeys for Hire asks Shady Spot Coral. I would like to add some coral to shaded area of my tank. 
I have a fairly decent spot near the bottom of my tank. It is shaded all the time. I have a 55 gallon 4 by 48 inch T5 setup 2 by 2 times. The open area is 12 inches wide and from the sand to the bottom of the rock is 5 inches to 6 inches. Any suggestions on a super low light or non-photo coral? I have a dendro in other, another area. I do not want another dendro or sun coral since they look very similar. Any suggestions? Thanks, Donk. Grand Reef 2 replies, sun polyps. They are non-photosynthetic, but you do need to feed them every other day with mice or shrimp. Walk the dog replies, Duncans don't need much light. I don't know how shaded you are talking about, but they are in the shaded section of my tank and they are doing fine. Donkeys for Hire says, N.A. on the sun. I have dendro that looks like the brother of the suns. Chill Will 84 replies, If you're into feeding your corals and the area has good flow, you could look into gorgonians. Some need light, some don't, and some need a little of both. Look into companies that collect in the Gulf. They usually have a few types available. Next thread. Kemi Pure Cleaning Question by Jay Warren. I put a bag of Kemi Pure Elite in my Solana tank and placed the blue sponge in the top second chamber. I have had it in tank for four days now. Today the water in my tank should start to rise due to water not passing through the Kemi Pure fast enough. Should I be rinsing the Kemi every few days or something? Troyman replies, put it in a chamber where the wa clean water is before it is pumped out. Jay Warren replies, I'm not sure what you mean. Kemi is the only thing in there that cleans the water. There is a black filter sponge as the water first enters the chambers. Then the second chamber, I have the Kemi. Jay Warren states again, do the bags need to be cleaned every few days? Then Jay Warren asks again, any clean the bags? Is the 11-ounce bag too large? Be Nasty replies, I also have a Solana. I don't use Kemi Pure, but it sounds like it's getting crud in it, increasing the resistance to flow, which in turn causes the level and display portion to rise. Same thing has happened to me with bags of carbon and or GFO when placed in top grid of second chamber. I don't know of a good solution in the Solana to get good flow through media without using some sort of media reactor, i.e. external where water is pumped through it. With other filter media, filter floss, I try to size orient it so the water can't flow through easily. It goes over the top of it and flows down through the grid, black thing with holes in it. I think the other suggestion was to put it in the third chamber where the return pump is. Brian. Next thread, NJSXX7 asks, best first corals to get? Hello all, new member here and also new to the marine tank hobby. I'm looking to add my first set of corals to my tank, but I'm a little lost on what is best for a beginner with no experience. Any and all suggestions, tips, and advice are greatly welcome. Here are my specs. Red Sea Max 130D, 32 gallon, 50 pounds live rock, 3 inch sand bed, Full cleaning crew, snails and hermits. Three shrimp, one coral banded, two peppermint. Two damsels, one sailfin blenny, one ras, one pseudochromi, one bulb anemone. Tank is four months old with the water conditions 0.25 ammonia, 0.05 nitrite, 0 nitrate, 8.2 pH, and 1.023 salinity at 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Thanks again. Konolua replies, what is your goal? For instance, what had you seen that made you want to go this route? This will help identify your coral list. JK198030 replies, Zoas and Pally, cheap to get and easiest coral to keep. I have noticed that Zoas do well even in dirty water. Rich D replies, get some zinnia, green star polyps, mushrooms, leather, or toadstool coral, and some easy Pallies to start. Look for them locally as you can usually find them for free or for very little because they're so hardy and easy to grow. Dipandots replies, I would like I would wait to have zero ammonia and zero nitrites before thinking about adding anything to that tank. TP replies, Zinnia, green star polyps, will soon take over the tank. They look nice, but are very hardy and will spread quickly. NJS7X7 replies, Thanks for the tips, guys. Any more suggestions? Also welcome. I am just compiling a list right now. By the time I have it done, on order and received, I am sure the ammonia nitrate will be at zero. Metalman1221 replies, make sure your test is accurate. I was using Red Sea tests and they always gave me an ammonia reading of 0.25. NJS7X7 replies, I wonder if mine is doing the same. I was surprised to see it say 0.25 to be honest. It was higher during the cycle of course, but the cycle has been long over. I figured it was from 
possibly overfeeding on the frozen live food, but I only feed them twice a week. I'll see if it doesn't go down in another week. TKE Racer 619 replies, If you have ammonia, your tank is not cycled unless something is dead or, and rotting. I would hold off until that is zero. I would also confirm your test kit by taking a water sample to the LFS. Grant W replies, Was wondering about that because those numbers say it's still cycling. Jeep Guy 242 replies, Throw out the pseudochromas. They are mean. They don't get along with your RAS either. NJS7X7 replies, Well, I had zeros across the board until I added the fish. Didn't add in all at once, but over the course of a week. So unless the fish started another partial cycle, I thought the tank was done. Poetic Lie Dead replies, I don't recommend you put corals in your tank. Sorry, couldn't help myself. I agree with most everything posted above, and if you go with the most of those, zinnia and green star polyps, you'll need to keep an eye on their growth and prune as needed to maintain the look you want. To the list above, you could probably add Kenya. For color and appearance, I like Zoas, Movement Zinnia, and Joy. Next thread. Small Alien asks, Strange fish washed ashore during tsunami. Strange fish. He provides a link to YouTube. McCoomer replies, Been using the internet long, have you? Second link works much better. Weird looking shark for sure. Main Reef 22 replies, Lol, I know, right? Small alien, kind of, why? Small alien replies to the comment about using the internet long, kind of, why? Does it seem like something your grandma would send you? Dig your signature. Small alien replies again, oh, uh, er, I see. Yeah, that's the hole in all the little fishies went down. Here's the correct link. And it's another YouTube link. Dogstar74 replies, were they anywhere near Hiroshima or Nagasaki? Those are some weird fish. Dante Jose Cuerve replies, that one, That's one of those frilled sharks. A Japanese fishing boat pulled up one a couple of years ago. They're a very deep water shark, and unfortunately the shark didn't last long in a public aquarium. Supposedly it died of illness, which is why they found it so close to the surface. TKE Racer 619 replies, Lots of crazy things in the deep oceans. We know more about space, like this and he provides a YouTube link. Imzadi replies, Lol, whimsy. We know more about space as if space was finite. Cool vid all the same. TKE Racer 619 replies, I think you misinterpret my statement. Imzadi replies, Nah, I get it. Heard it stated before, just don't agree. I'm not downplaying the mysteries of the deep. They are wondrous and vast. I just can't fathom that we can have anything completely that we can have anything compared to the infinity of space on this one planet. Next thread. Lugots ZZ starts a poll, rate my aquascape. The question is, do you like my aquascape? The four choices are yes, no, it's okay, and pie. When clicking on view poll results, it shows that 15 people don't like his aquascaping, zero liked it, Four people thought it was okay, and one person wanted pie. The picture is just of an aquarium with a pile of rocks. His statement is, Well, I just finished my aquascaping of my new tank and wanted some opinions. I like it, but what do you think? Suggestions? PackersFan21 replies, Not that bad, but I think adding more caves and crevices for fish to swim through and hide in would be better. ZZ asks, More suggestions? Jazzman B replies, definitely a cave or two, a taller area, pillar or overhang, to a chance to create some depth a bit. Of course, it's all opinion. Once you have corals in place, it'll change dramatically. But I personally always think about the fish and their swimming patterns. Ty plus five replies, as the rocks are very similar in size, to create interest, you'll need to get creative. I would suggest a, a larger pile stacked against the overflow in a half moon shape, then creating an outcropping into the center of the right side. I like the K of the lights in the pics, and you have so much potential. Keep looking at tanks you like and emulate them. Good luck. Footbag replies, I agree with more caves and crevices. Also, you can use more vertical space on one side, and since you have a sand bed, maybe a sand cove of some sort. Even two separate islands. Use vertical and horizontal space to your advantage. Be Tamed replies, Use PVC and drill holes in the rocks to peg them together. GH Door replies, 
The rocks you have to work with are not ideal. They appear to be mostly round, which is a difficult shape to build with. Keep trying to create some height, variation, and asymmetry. Also create perspective and depth by moving one or two to the foreground. I've been aquascaping for over four years and still don't have the look that I'm after. Next thread. Johnny D91 asks, what is the difference between these two fish? And he provides two different links from Live Aquaria. Eric at Tampa replies, looks like size and price. Chill Will 84 replies, they probably have a different spine and scale count in some areas making them a different species. Next thread. Tim Dam asks, Coralias, Tunzies, or Vortex? Which do you have in your tank and why? The Coralias are much cheaper, but do they not perform as well? Bad Rass replies, I've heard good things about the new Coralias, thinking on getting some myself. Don't mean to hijack, but what I'm looking for in pumps is the ability to set a controller to cut power to a pump to about 20 to 30%, then ramp back up and alternate between pumps. Is there any controller that can do this? Scully replies, don't mean to jack? Wanna ya think that was what the last post was? Let's return to the original poster's question. Tim Dam replies, don't worry about hijacking. Any discussion about these is good for me. But talking to my LFS, I believe the Tunzi can do this. How would you use this function, though? Slow the flow down at night? Tim Dam replies to his own thread. No, really, I don't mind the question at all. I feel it pertains to me getting more knowledge on these pumps, too. Stan in CT replies, Tunzi all the way. Roger at Tunzi is a great communicator should you need anything. Their warranty is outstanding, and you can see enormous difference in build quality compared to these Chinese junk out there. I replaced two CO's 620's and a modded MaxiJet with one Tunzi. The Vortex are nice, but they are even pricier than the Tunzi's and in my experience require some tinkering to get them to work properly. Stan and CT adds, oh, and they use very little energy to run well. TKE Racer 619 states, started with eight Corellias 4. Great flow but ugly and the tank had 30 plus induced volts. After a year they started failing. Only once I only had four left, I knew I needed another solution. I purchased a Vortec MPW. I purchased a Vortec MP40W. I already had a Vortec MP20 on my frag tank, and it was awesome. So why not? I put three Corellias on the left side and MP40W, one Corellia K4 on the right side. Flow was back to pretty good, or so I thought. After months of running it like this, I got a huge shock from one of the Corellias. That's it. I was done with cords in the tank. I did a side job and made enough for two more Vortec MP40W pumps and an MP20 MP40W kit. I upgraded my MP20 that was in the frag tank to an MP40W. Something happened and I had some cash lying around, so I got a fifth MP40W. This that Earlier this week I was converted to an MP40W ES. I plan on swapping all of the pumps to the ES driver soon. After swapping out all of my pumps, replacing my skimmer with a single model pump, putting the media reactors off the external return pump and replacing a few heaters with one larger non-submersed unit, I've reduced the tank voltage to about 6 volts when everything is on. Most of this was due to the Vortex having no cords in the tank. I reduced the tank temperature by using the Vortex. This summer isn't going to be as bad as the last one. I get incredible flow with all five going. If I want to blow off the rocks, I just turn them on full blast. I maintain all sorts of tanks and use all sorts of pumps, but for my own tank, I use Vortex. They suit my flow needs and my dislike of power cords and salt water. In other words, you wouldn't have to pry them from my cold, dead hands. Piscivorus replies, I love the quote-unquote no cords in the tank idea, but man, are they pricey. Sleeper LS replies, I went from two K2s and two MaxiJet 900s along with my return in my 40 breeder. I bit the bullet and got an MP20. Now I've got flow on tap and really cleaned up the tank. The total flow in my tank is a thousand percent better. I had a lot of flow before you, could even, you couldn't even notice it. With the MP20, everything in the tank has perked up. I've never tried Tunzi, but the reputation they hold, they're great products. I don't think you can go wrong with either one or both. Skins replies, had them all. Vortex are worth every penny. I'm very satisfied with them. I can actually see my back glass now without all those pumps cluttering things up. Bad Rass replies, Wow, Scully. Wow. Scully, did you put that together on your own, or did you have help? By saying don't mean to hijack was another way of saying sorry for hijacking. I just didn't see the point of starting another thread for basically the same topic. Only had a question to add to his. I didn't even see why you care. Thank you, Tindam, for answering the question. The Gimp replies, had Tunzies and loved them. 
Dead silent and quality build. Got a couple of Vortex now. They have a broader flow than the Tunzi. Glass over half inch seems to be a problem for Vortex. Kids have been known to pull Vortex dry side off the glass. Well, jerks do too. I love my Vortex, but I still can't seem to sell my Tunzi 6100s. Never owned Coralias. Had four Maxijet style modded that worked as advertised, but wouldn't bother with that again. Stormrider27 replies, I just hooked up two Corelli Evo 1400 and two Corelli Evo 1050 on my 125-gallon long-controlled by a Red Sea Pro Wavemaker. So far, I'm very impressed. The Corellia cycle with no noise, at least noise that I can hear above my other equipment, push a good amount of water without creating a wind tunnel effect and very energy efficient. Are they as good or better than Tunzi or Vortex? Probably not, but considering I got four power heads and a wave controller for less than half the cost of an MP40, I'm very happy with my decision. Plus, the new Corellias take a lot less room in the tank than the older models did. Cablebox2003 replies, Sicky Voyager powerheads look pretty good. I think that's what I'm going to go with for my next powerheads. I am Rassman replies, Each is a matter of preference. I have all three, and even though the Corellias are a bit ugly, they do move quite a bit of water. The Tunzies work well too, but the Vortex are both small and powerful and have the option for battery backup. The heat issue doesn't affect me, but some may need the, vor the Vortex that really make no heat in the water. The heat issue doesn't affect me, but some may need the Vortex that really make no heat in the water. I have one tank with a Mag 9 plumbed internally, and it really pushes water, as I have five outlets and the cheapest out of them all. It's covered with live rock, and tubing is hidden very well. All in all, it's the best setup in my tanks, and I know it sounds stupid. ASL4Me76 replies, People, people, it's Vortex with a CH, not Vortex with a K. All of the misspelling is hurting my eyes. Zebo Dog replies, went from one Coralia 4 and a Coralia 3 to a 65-gallon with a Vortec MP40 and haven't looked back since. Better flow, lower overall temp, cleaner look, and no electricity in the water. What's not to like? Certainly pricier than the Coralias, but to me they're worth it. I've never used Tunzi, but general consensus seems to suggest they're tough to beat. AS14Me76, funny you have nothing to say, but you're an RC proofreader. Have you any relevant input to the subject? Patsfan1130 says, I was a loyal Tunzi man for many years. Roger's one of the best. Top-notch customer service and their products are amazing. I bought my first Vortex a few a couple of years ago and fell in love. I now own 11 Vortex and couldn't be happier. No heat, no cords, very clean looking, and battery backup can't go wrong. Are they pricey? Yep, but you get what you pay for. Coralias? All it took was me sticking my hand in my tank and getting thrown back 10 feet from being shocked to throw them in my fireplace. Love my Vortex. Smiley face. Steggy replies, Vortex all the way. JK190030 replies, Vortex all the way. Never use the Tunzies. Coralias are good. I cannot complain about Coralias. They already worked. They always worked well for me. If you've got cash, I would get the Vortex. ASL4Me76 replies, Personal preference is why what I say. I haven't had a Tunzi before. However, I do have a K3 in my tank. Will be upgrading to an MP10 and an MP10 currently. I love the Vortec pumps because I personally don't like any cords in my tank. My K3 is almost all the way to the top of the water level for that reason alone. So for me, I'm a clean-lined person. I can't speak for Tunzi, but I have heard a lot of nice things about them. I didn't figure my experience with what I have to say was enough for me to advise on what to get. However, the misspelling was driving me nuts. Tim Dam replies, Does anyone have a good link with picks and prices? Tim Dam adds, Oh, I should mention that I'm getting a rimless tank. Should I be worried about one of these sticking on my tank with my thick glass? Page 2. IAP replies, Marine Depot, Reef Geek, Premium Aquatics, believe they all sell them. Patty replies, I have five Tunzi pumps, two 6100, two 6105, and a 6045, and love them. I used to have K4s, and they are a decent pump for the price, but they don't compare to the Tunzis. I do not have first-hand experience with the Vortec, but I've always heard good things. ASL4Me76 replies, depending on the thickness of the glass will depend on what Vortec you can get. So definitely do your research on it. I don't know if there's a limit to the thickness of glass with Tunzi. P Crane replies, I use two K4s, one K3 Evo in my tank, and they do the job. I cannot complain. I cannot afford 10 times the price for an MP40. Vortex blow anything out of the water, and they have brand new drivers. Night mode sounds amazing. If you have the money, go all out, but if you are like me, go K-Evos, save your money, and spend it on a great skimmer, return, lighting, or controller. I'm sure you can think of something else. SteelerFan747 replies, 
I used Maxis, which were okay, until I got my first Tunzis three years ago. I had considered getting a Vortec for my tank, but I did not like that they made a little bit of noise at full speed, at least the ones I've seen resonate against the glass, so I decided to go again with what I know. The Tunzis have never given me a hint of problems in the three years I've had them and are dead silent as well, as cool to the touch and their reputation as well as warranty is unbeatable, yet I've heard various stories of Vortex having to get repaired but I do not know firsthand as I've never used one. ASL4Me76 replies, I don't know. I don't have the new driver and I have night mode. However, if you cannot afford the higher priced ones, get what you can afford. When I started the hobby, I had Coralias, older models. NJFish77 replies, Beamer, Benz, or Bentley. Autodave replies, I am using two Tunzi 6055s, silent, controllable. I was hesitant at first because of the price. Turned out to be one of the best investments. H2O Imports replies, I have three Vortex, controllable, external motor. Less space cluttering in the tank. I like them, but I have, but I just hate the humming sound. Fufu replies, I'd take a Bentley any day. RG Robe replies, starting with four Corellias and a 180. Worked well. After a lot of research and several failed attempts to set set up wave action or surge, I bought two MP40s. Set them up as master and slave. Love the ability to adjust the flow, surge, waves, etc. More flow than the Corellias combined. Vortex all the way. JK198030 replies, Vortex are adjustable to any thickness of glass for the most part. Vortex are about $400. Check some of the RC sponsors. Next thread. Starting 250-gallon by Rykol. His first post, El Reto. Football Dude 2K3 replies, Insert LOL what pair here. Rykol replies, Greeting partners, this is me, like in this new hobby, aid request. Where can I find a store in Miami, Florida? Can supply equipment to me? My project is of a 250-gallon. Be extremely grateful. Next post, blank. Next post, Rykol. Invite you to the opinions provided to me. I'm in search of the equipment. I would accept suggestions. And he posted four pictures. Football Dude 2K3 replies, Hablas Español. Rykol replies, Saludos. Hola de donde me visitas. Next thread. Jacuzzi asks, which skimmer? So my Berlin Air 60 is not doing the job on my 40 gallons, so I'm looking to upgrade. I've been looking at Aqua Remora HOB skimmers, but I have a TrueView Aqua system built in wet-dry and a large 36-inch light on legs that covers basically the whole top of my aquarium, which concerns me about space. I can't tell if the skimmer will be able to fit because of the size of the light overhead. Also because I'll be putting it on the back, would the wet-dry have to be very full of water to submerge the pump and have the skimmer run properly? TKE Racer 619 asks, can you add a sump? He obviously didn't read the thread. Next thread. Skipping next thread, way too long. Footbag asks, 45 gallon cube build finished. Just finished a two month long process of planning and building my 45 gallon cube. It's a Marineland 45 gallon cube. I chose to build the stand as well as, so I could hold fit both a 15 gallon tall refugium and a 10 gallon sump. I've also painted the back of the tank black and PVC plumbed the overflow return and refugium. I used a glass holes overflow box for the refugium. Monday I begin to fill and leak tests. Should take me a couple of days to fill it. I also have dead sand and live rock to add once the fill is complete. I'll post some updates as the process progresses. Lighting the display with 150 watt 20k radium bulbs. There's a lot of room for additional lighting, so I may drop the K rating of the metal halide and add a few actinic supplements. But I've got a while before I'm stocking it, so I'll worry about that later. He posts a picture of the tank and the stand in front of a wall. The next, the next few pictures show the entire setup. Reed Crandall replies, looks great, very well put together. When are you going to get it wet? Hot Tuna replies, I think you might get some microbubbles as the overflow in sump number one spills into sump number two. Just heads up. Footbag replies, tomorrow. That's one thing I'm ex almost expecting, but I can make acrylic baffles if I need. I also have an elbow to direct the flow to the edge of the tank. The flow from the refugium will be very slow, though. We'll see. Jim T replies, do you have a vent on your canopy? You may want the hot air to escape. Footbag replies, the rear of the canopy is open and reflector housing the HQI is vented. 
I've been running it for a few hours at a time just to get an idea for the hot spots. I have a couple of computer fans that I plan on hooking up either to the rear or top of the hood if the hotspots develop. I could also add holes to the top as well. Thanks for the tip though, trying to anticipate any problems I could have. Now I'm waiting for FedEx to bring my replacement DI cartridge and membrane. The RO unit is putting out a TDS of 5 and after a month of waiting, I don't want any more variables. It's due tomorrow, hopefully it will show up early, and the tank will be full by Tuesday evening. Footbag replies, began filling and found a leak at the bulkhead. Tightened it down and it seems fine. I expected it to be a bigger problem than it was. Back to filling up. Footbag replies, it's filled and running. The refugium valve works perfectly. Flow looks good. No micro bubbles, but I can see it becoming a problem. Lots of flow through the sump. Added most of the salt this morning. We'll fine tune the salinity when I get home tonight. If I can get it right, maybe I'll start putting dead sand in. It's a bit more noisy than I expected. I can hear both overflows and return pump running. I hope to figure out a way to silence the pump. Not sure about the overflows. Footbag replies, added the Ragamax dry sand a few days ago and the tank is just beginning to clear up. I don't like the look of the very fine layer at the top of the sand. I may try to get rid of it once the hang on back filter cartridge shows up. When it has cleared up, I'll try to post more pictures. Number two replies, what model your reef is that? Footbag replies, I'm not quite sure. I purchased it a while back for my 90 gallon, but couldn't get it to fit in the sump. It has a Cedra 3500. Deer G replies, looking good. I am currently working on a similar setup with a Marineland 45. Footbag replies, a few Aquascape picks now that she's full. And there are pictures of the rock work. Sugar Magnolia replies, very nice build. I really like the rockscape. I have Cube Envy. Yours is bigger than mine. Laughing smiley face. Footbag replies, thanks. I've been dreaming about the Aquascape for over a month now. Turned out pretty well. I really like the Cube. Can't wait until it's time to stock it. Footbag replies, Hot Tuna is right. I'm battling microbubbles. Have a month to fix that and a flushing overflow. Most of the bubbles appear to be coming from the overflow. I think a few baffles would fix that, but I need to leave enough space to be able to work on the return pump. I'm resisting the urge to baffle the skimmer because that would require another pump or something to feed the chamber. I have the skimmer shut off and there seems to be the same number of microbubbles. As for the flushing overflow, I believe it's because I placed two 90 degree elbows very close together on the overflow line. I plan to replacing them with 245s. Without the baffles, I'm sure this would create the microbubbles. So it seems I have a two-part solution. Week 2 update. Added to a raw shrimp a few days ago because my ammonia was locked at zero. Within a day, the ammonia registered. Today, my ammonia is at 0.5, but I haven't detected any NO2 or NO3. After adding my sugar-sized sand, I realized how impractical it was. Just touching the rock meant the tank would be cloudy for two days. I plan on adding a lot more flow, and the sand couldn't handle the flow as it was. I ended up ordering 10 pounds of live sand from Something Fishy in Pennsylvania. When I saw the grain size and the overall look, I was very pleased. So I removed the top half of the display sugar-sized sand and replaced it with 10 pounds of live sand. I'm sure this will hide dirt a lot better. And he posted pictures of the sand. I also added baffles to my sump, which seems to have cut down 90% of the microbubbles. I'm still working on the other 10%. I'd also like to mention that the live rock I'm using has been sitting in the dark for three years. It still has some coralline on it, and it seems to be growing in, coloring up already. MS Carpena replies, how did you plumb the drain line? I have a 60 gallon and have a good bit of noise. I've tried contacting Marineland, but they do not have a clue. They keep telling me my pump is too strong, but I have a quiet 1300 with a ball valve that is a quarter way closed. Oh, and by the way, I love the rockscape. Just to let you know, mine is the exact same just by chance. Footbag replies, my overflow is very noisy. I think the 300 gallon per hour is the maximum it can take. I have a return pump mag five backed off as well. For the drain, I used a street elbow at a one inch pipe but I also have two 90s close together and it occasionally makes a flushing noise. I may fix it by going to all 45s after the street elbow. The rockscape, a deep tank deserves a cove of some sort. MS Carpena replies, the 45 will not fix it. That is how mine is set up. I'm thinking of going with an external Durso. Also, I'm thinking of adding a Durso to what already I have. Who knows? It really is a pain and I've contacted Marineland two times now and received no credible advice from them. I can cut my return pump back 90% and still make noise. Footbag replies, is yours making the flushing or is it just noisy all the time? Because I found the more back pressure, the better. So my overflow pipe is four inch underwater and I have foam sponge at the end of it. I haven't heard a flush in a few days, but the overflow is generally noisy. Constant splashing, clicking sound. Elite 401 replies, I like the cube and your rock work. Next thread. 
Sam11909 asks ASM G1 or G1X. Which one should I choose? Any experience? No replies. Next thread. Sam's 55 gallon build thread, 67 replies, skipping. Next thread. How to do a tank upgrade by Sabbath. I'm looking to go from a 75 gallon to 120 gallon in a week or two. The new one will be going to the old location. The rock has some hair algae, bubble algae, and some uptage on them. How should I do it? I really don't want to wait two to three months to stock it. Looking to use my old skimmer, heater, lights. Should I just put in some of the cleaner looking rocks and acid bath the bad ones? Should I put the dry rock in and a cup of my old sand? Dive with sharks replies, clean off the cleaner rocks and add some dry rock and you should have more than a cup of your old sand if you wanted to, unless you deem it too dirty. He adds, forgot to add, rinse the new dry rock well if you can give it some cure time even better. There is also the chance that it could be some old die off that needs to finish deep within the new dry rock. TKE Racer 619 asks, would you consider it an algae problem? What skimmer do you have currently? How many pounds of live rock do you have? How many pounds is dry and where did you get the dry stuff from? Do you currently have a good amount of coral and fish? Sabbath replies, good questions. I do think I have a light to medium algae problem. I have about 75 pounds of live rock and getting about 50 pounds of BRS eco rock. The tank is heavily stocked mixed reef with 12 small fish. Filtration is a 2010 Octopus Extreme 200 skimmer with a BB 3000 pump, GFO and lots of flow, RODI. TKE Racer 619 replies, I would just scrub the rocks that have algae. Good husbandry with, a, with that skimmer will give you good results. The algae will go away. Just keep on top of the GFO and manual removal. I would go ahead and put the dry rock in a bin with some salt water and a few of your rocks, a pump, and cover it so when the tank swap comes, they are at least have started a cycle. Sabbath replies, thanks for the responses. Next thread. Rockwork shape for 30-inch cube, 93-gallon, three opinions, by Eagles. I am trying to decide if I should go with an archway or a volcano-shaped center tower in my 30-inch cube. Flow is an MP10, Coralia 1400, and 500 gallons after head loss for my return. Lighting will be a 24-inch fixture with one 250-watt halide and two actinic T5 suspended above the tank. Pick below is example of archway but it would be larger if I had more live rock to add. Just wanted to get an idea. I like to keep my hands out as much as possible, so I figure I'd ask everyone's opinions. Number one, archway like below, but more live rock. Number two, middle volcano shape. Number three, archway like number one, but also adding a tower up against and covering overflow in corner. He provides two pictures. Reef Obsession replies, I think you should do two islands or bonsai style tank. Footbag replies, I'd lean toward number three, but I get what Reef Obsession is saying. I am building a 24-inch cube with six more inches. You may just have enough room to, for a combination of number one and two, like a single archway leg coming off the center volcano. Reef Obsession replies, here is my build thread. I have the same tank. I have a mix between bonsai and island look, and he provides a link. Next forum. Reef Chemistry. Keith Sprague asks, why would my skimmer stop skimming? I don't think any matter got into my tank. My skimmer seems fine. So is there some kind of chemical reason why it would stop skimming? Makes bubbles, just won't froth for two days now. 75 gallon salt replies, did you clean it recently? After I clean mine, it takes a little time and adjustment to get it skimming again. Next thread. Dosing two-part, Craft 136 asks, I'm about to start dosing two-part to fix my alkalinity and magnesium levels. Should I adjust magnesium before I start adjusting alkalinity or alkalinity before magnesium? Randy Holmes Farley replies, The order won't appreciably matter, but if anything, do the magnesium first. I discussed dosing directions for my DIY two-part, which can be applied to any two-part, with potency changes as needed. He provides a link to a reef-keeping article. Then he quotes the paragraph, Dosing Instructions. The dosing instructions are basically the same for each recipe, although any given aquarium will end up using twice as much of recipe number two as recipe number one to add the same amount of calcium and alkalinity. To initiate dosing, first adjust calcium and alkalinity to roughly their correct ranges. This may require a substantial dose of just the calcium part if calcium is low, e.g. below 380 ppm. 
I would suggest targeting calcium between 380 and 450 parts per million and alkalinity between 2.5 and 4 mex per liter, 7 to 11 dKH, 125 to 200 parts per million calcium carbonate equivalents. This calculator shows how much of what parts to add in order to boost one or both of the parameters to a certain amount. Reef Chemicals Calculator with a link to JDX Reef Calculator. Then once seemed roughly correct, select a starting daily dose for routine dosing. Here are some suggested starting doses, but the exact values do not matter much. The suggested dose applies to both recipes. After a few days of dosing, note whether alkalinity is low, high, or on target. Only bother to test alkalinity, not calcium during this period, because it is much more sensitive than calcium to over and under dosing. Adjust the dose up or down as necessary to increase or decrease the alkalinity. Once you have determined the proper dose, continue it until there is a substantial reason to adjust it, such as falling alkalinity as the corals increase in size. When adjusting the dose, raise or lower both of the recipe parts together. Resist the temptation to keep jiggering calcium and alkalinity independently. They will need occasional corrections, but that should not be the normal course of dosing unless there is a substantial outside influence, such as water changes with a salt mix that does not match the tank's parameters or an error in making the mixes. Check alkalinity fairly frequently to make sure the dosing continues at a suitable rate. Check it maybe once a week to once a month or less as you get more experience with the system in the tank. Check calcium once a month to once every few months to make sure it continues on track. Remember to add an appropriate amount of part 3 each time you finish adding a gallon of parts 1 and 2. Crew Chief replies, hard to follow Randy, but wanted to throw this out there since it's something I don't understand when I was trying to get things dialed in. If you are using recipe 1 and need to raise alkalinity a substantial amount, it may be best to use baking soda first to get in the ballpark and then switch over to recipe 2. Next forum. Do it yourself. Fishama Tank asks T5 cooling fans. I'm going to be putting some retro lights in the canopy and wonder how you are keeping them cool. Fans in the top blowing down or up? Fans in the side blowing in or out? I would think two computer type fans would be fine on a 48 by 24. Anybody see a reason for more? G. Brainol replies one blowing in and one blowing out. I bought two 4 inch Coolmaster R4 PC fans from Newegg. Quiet, cheap, and good CFM. Fishma Tank replies, on the ends, I'd rather cut the canopy on the top where it's not visible. Kimber45 replies, I'll be using 220mm in the rear of the canopy. I suggest these fans, and there was a link. They may be a little more expensive, but they are better built than a lot of cheaper fans and push a lot of air at low dBA decibels. Uncle of Six replies, for DIY cooling of T5 lamps, you want to use two fans blowing back to front, or front to back if you like, along the rows of end caps. This is different than T8 or T12 because the cold spot is at the end of the lamp rather than the middle. Blowing non-preheated air along the length of a lamp, such as the end-to-end -end or top-to-bottom, will overcool the lamp and reduce the output. Fisherman Tank replies, Wow, thanks. I never would have guessed to concentrate on cooling the end caps. Looks like I have my answer. He adds, Well, I'm finally getting this build together and I have another T5 retro question. I'll shoot for getting an answer here versus starting a new thread. Where are people putting the ballast? I'm planning on putting them in the stand. Other than keeping water off them, do they need anything else? I'm using IceCap 660s. TP replies, The stand is a good spot for them to mount on a vertical surface so they don't lay them in the bottom. Why not me? 4886 replies, I would hang them on the back of the stand near one of the sides so you can get to them if needed. I wouldn't want them in my stand anywhere near my sump due to moisture evaporation, condensation, or salt creep. DCOG277 replies, This is kind of low budget, but has worked great for me. I bought a small, approximately 5-inch personal fan from Target and sat it in the hood facing the lights. The fan is silent, unlike a computer fan, and worked great. I have it facing a metal halide retrofit. It made the reflector cool enough to touch. My two cents. Next thread. Silicone One by Marine Life. Does anyone know if Silicone One will conduct electric? I would like to cover my solder joints in my LEDs with it to stop rusting. Any thoughts? Uncle of Six. This is going to sound insane to anyone who has followed my comments concerning silicone and aquariums. I can't tell you if there would be actual electrical concern with GE Silicone One. However, the one that is sold by electronic stores specifically for this purpose is, wait for it, here it comes, breathe, 
Momentive RTV 108. How do you like them apples? Marine Life replies, thanks for the reply. I will look for it. I have talked to a few people and they feel silicone one would not be any issue. Next thread. Why not? Relocating electronics. Tom R240 Zap uh, asks, Good afternoon, DIYers. Been lurking around the site for several months now and currently working on building my first marine tank setup. This site, particularly the DIY section, has truly been an invaluable resource for me. Thanks. Now on to the question. All of the marine setups that I have seen appear to have the most electronic components tucked neatly in the stand with the sump. Power strips, timers, switches, etc. If one custom built a canopy and left it a little extra room, pending it is properly vented, of course, would it make more sense to incorporate these electrical components above the canopy where it would stay high and dry in the unfortunate case of an overflow? Are there condensation concerns that prompt people to stay away from this approach? Am I underestimating how much heat fluorescent lighting will generate leaning toward T5s? 48-inch, 75-gallon build. Dogstar74 replies, Welcome to RC. I believe the salt spray is a concern for mounting electrical items in the canopy. Plus, you would be able to see all those cords running every which way. I haven't seen too many people with problems after an overflow. Could it happen? Sure, it's pretty rare. Just mount them high up in the stand and don't let them get on the ground where water will pool. Next thread. Acrylic tank supports question. PBCOT01 asks, just a couple of questions, one silly, one serious. Serious. What thickness plywood do I need on top of a stand to support a 225, 6 by 2 footprint? Silly. I can't just attach the plywood to a 6 by 18 stand with an overflow in front and back and expect it to hold, right? A follow-up question, no input? Acrylics replies, need more info. Just stating a footprint doesn't say what I need to know. Does the stand have any cross bracing? If so, what is the spacing? That said, as a generality, I recommend doubled up three quarter inch, which is to be glued and screwed. This maintains pretty good rigidity. This depends on the style of stand, cross bracing, etc. Rezac TP replies, I agree with the glued and screwed of two layers of three quarter inch plywood. The important thing is the structural framing below. I would use 4x4s or double 2x4s for the structure with vertical supports at the four corners as well as front and back center. Next thread. Couple of sump questions. Joe143 asks, Hey everyone, I have a couple of sump questions. I'm new to sump, so I'm still learning. So once a height has been established for the sump, what's the best way to determine the height of the baffles? I'm less concerned about having a sump act as a biological filtration and more for getting my hang on back skimmer out of my tank. Also, how does one go about determining overflow and return strength? What I mean is how do I make sure the overflow is not pouring more into the sump than the return can handle? Sorry for the newbieish questions, thanks. Us Lanja replies, Hi Joe143, I had the same questions and now have a much better idea of building a sump. I'll try and answer your questions reverse to how you asked. Number one, your overflow will drain water down to your sump until the display tank water level is at the overflow drain level. The amount of flow in your sump will be determined by the amount of water you pump back up to the display tank. For example, if your overflow is rated for 1,200 gallons per hour and your return pump is rated for 1,000 gallons per hour, then your flow into the sump will be 1,000 gallons per hour. Be sure to calculate pump head flow volume to ensure the correct sizing of your return pump. If your return pump moves more water back into your display tank than the overflow can handle, you can throttle it back with a plastic ball valve. A lot of submersible return pumps have the ball valve already in it, or you can just put one in line. Once you see this work, it's real easy to understand. Just take a look at your live fish store is running. Number two, there are two things in my opinion that you need to calculate. A, enough reserve volume in your sump to handle all of the potential water that will flow in there in the event of something goes wrong with your return pump, such as a power failure. B, enough reserve volume in your display tank to handle all the water that the return pump could send there if something goes wrong with your overflow. Calculating these volume amounts will take a bit of time, but you can do this practically. During a water change, set the display tank water level where you would ultimately like it to be when your sump is operational. Now set your overflow in place without draining any water yet and adjust it so that the drains have three quarters of an inch of water above them. This will be real close to where things will be when you are operational. Now start the overflow and let it drain into your sump until it stops. Measure the depth of the water and this amount plus a bit more, maybe an inch or so, will be required above the height of your baffles for an emergency overflow like a return pump failure or power failure. Now you can set your baffles below the top of the sump by this amount. 
The second thing you need to calculate is how large a water volume of water to maintain in your return pump compartment. This amount must not exceed the display tank's ability to hold all the water that the return pump can send to the display tank if something should stop your overflow from draining into the sump. Remember, your return pump can only send the amount that is able to drain into the return pump compartment. Your baffles will hold back the water in the sump at the baffle height. Only the water that is able to flow over your baffles and into the return compartment can be pumped into your display tank. There's a third thing you need to do. Drill a small hole in your return line just below the working water level of your display tank. This hole is to prevent a back siphon through the return line if the pump stops working. Drill this hole once you have the overflow and sump running and you can actually determine your working water level. I know I've babbled a bit, but take a look at how your fish store is set up and you'll see how simply this really is. Good luck and feel free to ask lots of questions as you work, as you work your way through this. We've all done the same thing. Klesher replies, good advice, U.S. Lanja, thanks for the post. Thank you for the post, U.S. Lanja. That really cleared up a lot of questions I've had. I do appreciate it. The only thing I'm still a little confused on is the baffle height between the intake and return sides. Does it really matter how high the intake water gets before spilling into the return area? Perched Urchin replies, I am working on my sump right now as well and have been thinking about this. From what I have learned through all the reading, once you take into account the information already provided above, the next consideration is how deep your skimmer should sit in water and how much refugium volume, if you are including one in your sump, or live rock, etc. volume you want. You can always set your skimmer on a stand if your baffles are too tall, but you can't make the compartment deeper if the skimmer isn't in deep enough. I'm using a 75 gallon for my sump that is 20 inches tall and I'm going to use 10 to 12 inch baffles. Rich P replies, on my sump I ran with no baffles to get an idea of the water height, then built the baffles to the water level. U.S. Langer replies, good evening Joe 143. You can set the inlet baffles higher than the outlet baffles at whatever difference in height you would like. I set mine half an inch higher than the outlet side. I kept my baffles below the sump's top by one inch to ensure that if the inlet flow should for an unknown reason exceed what can pass through the baffles, then there is sufficient room above the baffle to allow water to move through the sump and not spill over onto the floor. Hi, perched urchin. I do not run a skimmer. My biolode is just one fish. I understand that a skimmer requires a minimum of nine inches of water. I like your idea of making the sump deeper than required and just place some type of platform under the skimmer if needed. Good idea. This concludes one hour. Tune in tomorrow for more audio of threads posted on ReefCentral.com.